0: Hi, welcome to Love Work, Skills for a Relational Life. Sometimes that's a tongue twister. I'm Christy Gaysford, and I'm here with Jerry Sander. Hey, Jerry.
1: Hey. You know, living a relational life is a tongue twister. Yeah, it Uh, is. (laughs) It's a brain twister.
0: And Jerry's been uh, dreaming about salad. I
1: have. I mean, maybe that's that's the first story I'll tell. But you want to say what our topic is?
0: Yes, so our topic is When Your Partner Leaves and I want Jerry to introduce it more because it was your idea, Jerry.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, It occurred to me that there's all different variations of leaving and that people feel like, oh, my partner has left me and that can mean anything from, well, we'll talk about what the range of it can be. So, My partner has left me. I I feel abandoned, um, maybe betrayed, uh, bereft, grieving, uh, alone. But it doesn't have to be separation, divorce. And that's what attracted me to this topic. What are the whole range of ways of leaving someone? So my salad story is this. Uh, My wife and I were making a salad together. And it was all really nice and connected. And I thought, what would be good music for salad making, you know? Um, so I, like, wandered off with my phone to stream some salad playlist <laughs> and that would make the experience even nicer. And I found uh, a band that I like had released a new album. And I, thought, oh, I didn't know they had a new The next thing I know, my wife felt abandoned like I left her I left her and we talked about this and we figured out a way of uh, drawing me back in and basically instead of going down a rabbit hole of feeling like wow we start out doing things together and he leaves and he leaves me now you can see how a person would feel like Oh, he's leaving me to do all the work he just wants to chop one cucumber and that's it but instead we found a way of her kind of signaling me back and she did it in a fairly brilliant way which we talk about in the boot camp but basically it was saying babe where do you go I miss you you know what happened there it wasn't accusatory and it didn't make me really defensive it made me realize oh wait I guess I got lost in that moment, and I, in fact, had left the experience. Mm-hmm. So that is, to me, how benign leaving can be experienced. That's the right end of the continuum line. I have a horizontal line. Even though, say, I don't like visual aids and graphs, I do have one for this. and The, the most benign type of leaving to me is zoning out and being distracted.
0: I'm guilty of that one too. Yeah? Yeah. I just feel like I always have a lot on my mind, and sometimes I think I feel like to my husband, like I'm far away,
1: distracted.
0: Uh Um, Another kind of leaving is when somebody just leaves in anger. Yeah. And you're left thinking, uh, where'd they go? When are they coming back? Are they coming back? Let's hold
1: that for a second. Okay. Let's hold that, because I had another... Uh, I had a song lyric about being distracted or zoning out. Oh, okay. You ready? It's yeah. a John Prine song. I think I'm the only one who likes this song. It was called Linda... Go- Linda what is it called? Linda's Gone to Mars.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's funny.
1: Yeah, Lin- Linda Goes to Mars. It's on his German afternoon album. Anyway, the lyric John Prine wrote... With- I just found out yesterday that Linda goes to Mars every time I sit and look at pictures of used cars. She'll turn on her radio and sit down in her chair and look at me across the room as if I wasn't there. Oh, my stars, my Linda's gone to Mars. Well, I wish she wouldn't leave me alone here. On my Oh, my stars, my Linda's gone to Mars. Well, I wonder if she'll bring me something home. <laughs> So yes, the feeling of like, where is my partner? That's funny,
0: those lyrics are funny because it sounds like he left her first.
1: Yes, I thought that, (laughs) wait, he's looking at pictures of used cars sitting there.
0: And she's supposed to just sit there and wait till he's done.
1: So there you go, (laughs) two people have went to Mars and that's a way of leaving each other. You know, we all know when we're in a moment together and we're connected. The ambiguous zone, I might suggest, is when we're watching TV or a movie. Are we really connected, or are we zoned out and disconnected? It can well, be bo- you
0: can tell the difference, though. I mean, if you're both watching it and you're reacting to the movie, mm-hmm. and you're laughing in the right parts, or you're scared, or you know, then it feels connective. But if, especially if someone's watching the movie but they're also on their phone. Doesn't feel connected at all.
1: Or how about if they're watching a movie instead of talking and connecting with their partner?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, totally. And
1: how often does that happen with sports? And how often does that happen with putting on the game or Sunday football, Mm -hmm. which now runs from 12 noon to 10 at night? You know?
0: Right. And every play seems important. Right. Like an interruption. Right. Especially
1: now in the playoff season. But for for a lot of people, just putting on the game is a form of distancing instead of, oh, you got to watch this game with me. The, the Vikings are amazing, or watch this quarterback. That's There's ways of being connected and watching football. But I would say the largest use of it is a way of being disconnected. I know I'm going to piss some people off by saying that, but it's a way that guys frequently go to Mars. Mm-hmm. Okay. So before we get to your your leaving in anger thing. Okay. I want to propose something else right next to zoning out, distracted on my chart, which is okay. taking some space for myself. Taking some space is that leaving. Well, wow, what what's your reaction?
0: It depends. no, but it depends how it's done. I think we all need space for ourselves. But if you don't communicate about it, it, then it's triggering and it can feel like leaving. But if you say, hey, I could really use some alone time. I'd like to go here at this time and come back here. Is that okay? With, does that work for you? Then it's not leaving. But if you just like take off yeah. to have your own space without saying anything.
1: So... Responsible space taking is something that both parties in a couple should be able to enjoy. Right?
0: Yes. I think it, it's necessary for mental health.
1: Yeah, so you hear this when they started having uh we started hearing in sessions about man caves, right? Mm-hmm. Guys in their man caves, and then I started hearing about she sheds, right? Have oh, you heard yeah, about yeah. that? Uh-huh. You know? And I thought uh-huh that sounds right like a space where anyone can go just to be by themselves does not sound relationship threatening to me it sounds vaguely healthy if used right and if spoken about the right way and again if both parties get to do it
0: Here, yes here's the thing um some people though like a lot more space than others so if your partner likes a lot of his his or her own time and you don't necessarily you can that that can be tricky because one person wants to be together a lot more than the other so they kind of feel rejected and that's something to negotiate and the other thing is if both people like have a lot of hobbies and like taking personal space that's fine however You have to be really conscious of your connection time too because what I see in those couples is they can just slowly drift apart until Mm -hmm. they're spending most of their time not Mm -hmm. connecting.
1: Good point. Good point. Okay. So we've got responsible... Oh, and the song that comes to my mind, thinking about that, taking space is a great old country music song called <laughs> How Can I Miss You When You Never Go Away.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: Yeah. I need some space to like gather my thoughts, but I hear you, Christy, that there's a danger in overdoing the being alone stuff and neglecting the the time spent being connected. Okay, so what's the next on the line for you? In terms of space taking?
0: Well, I I don't know if you had a response. Mine is like leaving in a fight. Yep. Slamming the door and walking out the door. Yep. Without a promise of return.
1: So you don't even know where the person is?
0: No. You don't don't know where they are. You don't know when they're coming back. They're just, it's just kind of like. A, an explosion and then a kind of like a nephew and a walk out mm-hmm. the door
1: and you don't know if this is an upset mood for a half hour for 20 minutes if they're walking around the block or if they're getting in the car and driving three states or <laughs> you yeah. don't know what. or when getting
0: in you- a hotel for a couple nights you have mm-hmm. no idea
1: mm-hmm. and why is that so bad in our relational work
0: well it's not respectful um you let you're leaving your partner if you're that angry and you leave that way you're usually wanting to hurt your partner and you want to hurt them not because you're a bad person but because you're thinking maybe if they realize maybe if they're hurt they'll realize how badly they hurt me and how yeah. much i'm hurting yeah. and maybe they'll feel bad and and things will change that's what I think I think it's a perverse form of um retaliation like please have empathy and realize how bad you hurt me and so I'm going to hurt you and it's bad because the person is doesn't know when you're coming back they're left to worry they're left to wonder they're left to get more upset um And the more somebody worries, the more angry they end up getting. Because you're like, why are you making me worry? And why are you treating me this way? And am I not even worth communicating with? Am I not even worth knowing where you are or what you're doing? And where's the respect here?
1: Exactly. Like how can there be any space for repair when this is the way it's being done? I have to worry whether you're dead or alive. I have to worry, you know, are you going to take care of yourself? Where are you going for how long? Let alone my feelings about myself. The odds are I was probably feeling out of sync with you just prior to this happening. But instead of staying and working through it with me, you just slammed the door and left. And and now I have to think about you? And worry about you?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: F you. You know, like, um, it doesn't lend itself to any kind of repair. No. It, it prolongs it. I mean, okay, so let's say the person who leaves says to you, Christy, in session, um, hey, if I stayed, it would have been a lot worse. What do you say then to that? Then
0: I would say, that may be true, but the way to communicate that would have been i'm feeling really overwhelmed i need some space i don't want to make this worse so i'm going to leave for a while but i'm going to check in with you in an hour and we can come back to this i'm going to drive i'm going to get in the car and drive to clear my head but i will check in with you in an mm-hmm. hour mm-hmm. and because i will be back
1: <laughs> and the thing about conflict is that Any relationship worth its weight in in intimacy has conflict, and having healthy conflict and resolving conflict in a healthy way makes you stronger as a couple. It's not that you're just going to magically wake up one day agreeing on everything. You're going to have conflict. And this is part of maybe the bad news we bring in our boot camps, but it's the truth. You're going to have conflict. You're not going to emerge from a boot camp weekend the next week means you'll have no conflict i don't believe that it's just we're going to handle this in a healthier way and we speak about the children watching too watching parents deal with conflict in a healthy way is an incredible teaching thing because you're teaching them all the time but when one person leaves And slams the door. If the kids are vaguely aware of that at all, you're teaching them that conflict cannot be handled, and you're actually increasing their risk factors for divorce. I would say that you know you're just showing people throwing down and saying "screw it, I'm I'm out of here, I'm out of here."
0: Right. Hey, I don't mean to go backwards, but I do. I do think I did think of something on the continuum before this. Yeah. Um, I think it's leaving like um, we're going on a walk together and your partner walks ahead of you. We're going on a hike, but instead of being together, he's going to walk way ahead of me. We go to a social situation and instead of being together, I don't see my partner the whole night because he's off doing his own thing.
1: Oh my gosh. Let's spend some time on that. Okay. Because that's (laughs) huge.
0: Mm-hmm. and it's it's it happens more often because it's not this intentional I'm leaving you but it's kind of like oh I forgot about you oh you? I was just thinking about me
1: uh, this is a really <laughs> hard one because I've been on both sides of this one
0: I think we all have I think that's I think we all have it's so common you know sometimes we forget our partner and we're so interested in talking to so many people or getting things done or we're at the grocery store and like, oh, I'm just going to run down this aisle and, and try to save time or be more efficient. Sometimes efficiency, we think we're being efficient and really we're just forgetting about our relationship.
1: Yeah, maybe we're forgetting even in the best relationships. That relationships have a fragility to them as well in addition to having a sturdy side and I think the person who wanders off well I'll speak personally there have been times where I've wandered off feeling very secure in my relationship very secure like delighted to be in the relationship I'm in not questioning it for a second where i'm not in touch with what my partner might be feeling to watch me wander off and Mm -hmm. connect with other people and at that point she may be more in touch with the fragility of our relationship because relationships have both sturdiness and fragility and it doesn't make you a weirdo to be in touch with one versus the other it's just we're not If both partners were feeling very, very sturdy about something at the exact same moment, it wouldn't even be an issue. But if someone's feeling less sturdy than the other and and seeing your partner have a happy old time with these other people at some social event, it can really suck. It can really suck. It can really be a deep abandonment feeling. Mm -hmm. And depending upon your own issues, your own history with abandonment, and whether your own parents got divorced or anything like that it can push all these buttons and unintentionally so usually so right. i think you're right that it's it's on that continuum to the left of taking responsible space what i've learned to do in my own life is to try to not just wander off and check in with my partner and explain you know i want to go over there and connect with that person for this reason but um we get hurt and i've been hurt i've been on the other side of it too where i've been hurt but um excellent one christy Yep.
0: yeah i mean it can feel so simple like so dumb to the other person like I, i'll be preparing food and my husband will leave the room and go to the bedroom mm-hmm. and i and i'll feel like mm-hmm. wh- where'd I'll you go in. why That's can't, you, like why can't you talk to yeah. me yeah yeah why can't you Mm-hmm. What do you want to be with me? And he's not even thinking about me. He's just thinking, I want to go back to the bedroom. Mm-hmm. But you can. It can be those little moments that. that yeah, that's that what bring I mean about up. the
1: fragility of our relationships. As particularly for anyone who's been remarried, by the way, for anyone who's been through a marriage and been through a divorce and then is remarried, we know the fragility of relationships because we've seen relationship fail. Now, there are many people who've seen relationships failed who were not even married or not married and divorced, so it's not unique, but there may be a special vulnerability here. I I said I've been on the other side of this. In the early phases of dating and going out with my wife, we were outside having a wonderful walk, and she took off running in front of me because she was a runner, and she loved running, and and she just she was happy it was like the same way you know you just run she mm-hmm. just ran and I went to such a sad place I felt I just triggered into oh there she goes I knew she would leave me mm-hmm. I knew she would leave me She's leave- she's gone I went to my partner went away and she was just happy to run in this beautiful day in this beautiful hill um So, you know, I confess that. That's how fragile I can be about this stuff. But it doesn't mean, it doesn't stop me from hurting someone else by being on the other side of this, too. Right. All right, so we spoke about leaving without informing your partner of where you're going to be or checking in. I would say to the left of that is routinely doing that. Um, Routinely establishing a pattern of I this is who I am this is how I behave I get to go and leave and not tell you where I'm going and that starts um blending into the suspicion of an affair or what the hell is going on in this person's life that's so important that they're just going to disappear on me regularly
0: Mm -hmm. which is really like a gross entitlement if things don't go my way if you don't behave if you don't give me what I want I'm just going to leave and then, yeah. I mean, if you throw that card down all the time, the other person, I mean, they feel like they have no leverage because if I do anything wrong, oh, there he goes again, especially if they're dependent on him. Yeah. You know, for for financial support or whatever it is, it gives him all the, all the power and they're stuck with, I guess I'll if just that, keep taking care of the kids and hope he comes back.
1: This type of leaving is feels like the real beginning of the end Mm -hmm. and uh, this was captured in a Springsteen song probably the saddest Springsteen song he ever wrote was called The River it was about a young couple that gets married and the marriage just dies and the line was now I just act like I don't remember Mary acts like she don't care
0: Mm -hmm. you're starting to
1: yeah you're just starting to go your separate ways and you're starting to get used to it and there's no way to talk about it anymore and and this is where couples often come into work with us in couples therapy which is I've gotten used to being quiet about my partner doing this Mm -hmm. and so to speak up about it rocks the boat and makes it evident that we're at a big crisis point big crisis point yeah and then you know
0: yeah i think another form of leaving is i've tried and tried and tried to get your attention to tell you how unhappy i am to tell you that we need to work on this and you don't hear me you don't listen you i can't get your attention and so I'm leaving as a last-ditch effort to save the marriage. I'm leaving so you'll hear me mm. and know that this this mm. is it for me. If, mm. if things don't change, if we don't work on this, then th- it will be over.
1: So to give you an experience of what it would be like without me.
0: Yeah, I mean, that and... I don't know what else to do because you're not hearing me and I can't stay the way it is. I guess to wake you up. Yeah. Yeah, what you said.
1: Yeah, and it's it's so... It starts becoming so sad because these kind of Hail Mary last-ditch attempts, you know, usually don't work. I mean, every now and then a Hail Mary pass and a football game is caught, but usually not. And this is like pretty late in the game. The the next phase on the continuum is just separation and divorce. And that's a leaving. It's mm-hmm. a we're gonna I'm going to leave this relationship. I'll, you know, remain a co parent but if there's children involved but otherwise we're done and that's the the other extreme, which we've done podcasts about divorce, and I'm sure we'll do it again, but there's a whole type of collapse of the framework uh, that you'd been working within and and structuring your life around a collapse of on multiple levels, even if you kind of saw it coming. It's mm-hmm. the difference between wondering what it's like to dive off a diving board versus actually being off the board. En route to the water yeah. yeah
0: another another way of leaving is just one person feels that staying is untenable that it's not it's not working and so they just decide to leave one day um, and that can be I know that sounds the same but it's a different kind of energy and the the other person can just feel completely abandoned, completely shocked completely like the rug was pulled out of them and then if the person still wants to work on the relationship they kind of feel like well you just you just left me like we didn't even talk about it we didn't decide this together and and now i'm just supposed to agree to all of your terms if i want to if i want this to work like what happened to the us in this yeah
1: I think that, that runs all across this continuum is what happened to the us? Um, even in something as benign and nice as just taking healthy space, what happened to the us right now? Well, I'm taking a little break from myself. <laughs> or what happened to the us? You wandered off while I was making this salad. these It's the same question, what happened to the us? Mm-hmm. It's just you can fix it and repair it and come together again, in the one part of this continuum, it's when you get to the part of slamming doors and disappearing and trying to retaliate that the us is damaged no matter what.
0: Mm-hmm. And if, you, if your partner leaves you and you, you share a home, one thing to think about is what happens? You, do all the responsibilities fall on you because they left? and I I kept when I was thinking about this topic I kept thinking of the quote the person who cares most is held hostage by the one who cares least and so I
1: want to say more about that that's important
0: well if if your partner leaves you but you you care about maintaining the home and the stability for the kids and the pets etc then you're going to you're going to be stuck doing way more than your share because you you care about these things, in at least then more than your partner does because your partner felt fine just leaving you, and they just assume you're going to take care of it all, maybe, or maybe they don't care, but you, you kind of get stuck holding the whole load if you care. I don't know if I'm saying this right. But no,
1: you're saying it very right, and I'm thinking... I don't know if you're thinking about heterosexual marriages, but uh, I'm going to talk about that. That As males, we are raised to think about maybe settling down someday and finding a partner, but I don't know many men who are raised to find a partner and look forward to taking care of all the needs of children. Mm -hmm. That's just not part of our socialization. I want to get married and take care of the needs of a lot of children. I don't. That doesn't sound familiar to me. It's more like I want to find the right person and have an amazing romantic relationship. So it's easy when the romantic relationship dies to think, okay, that's that's over. It's like, well, what about all these other people that you've created? It's no, just
0: assumed know. that she'll take care of them. Yeah, and that's how it feels. So it's not kind of uh, nice that, to I have you just feeling, name it.
1: It's yeah, I think that's what it is. It's like I never... It's almost like guys think that's not part of the bargain. Like, I will... I'll do my... I mean, we're talking about traditional, old-fashioned beliefs. I, I'd still like to believe younger men are different now, but I don't I, know. A lot
0: of them are. I mean, I okay. see. I do think... I'll give them credit.
1: Okay. So, you know, part of the whole deal, when a relationship starts falling apart or when a partner's taking too much space is that children are watching and how is this going to affect them what messages are we teaching them and how is it going to um change their lives how can we repair not only for us romantically but for the family so that they don't get punished because we're having a hard time Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and it's a really um hard spot to work on a relationship if somebody left without warning because the person who was left feels very hurt and they can feel resentful and it's also like okay now now I don't have any power because he already left and said it can't get better unless I do this this and this yeah right and so they they can just feel like it's so one-sided and I, I I like to people to stop and ask themselves, do you really want this relationship? Because mm-hmm. they, they make you feel like, oh, I have to do all this stuff to get it back because I was left, and it's this terrible I- feeling, this emotional feeling that I didn't have control over and I lost it. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's also important to take a step back and empower yourself and say, what do I want? Don't Don't just try to meet all your partner's needs because they left and they're holding this carrot make sure you you want it too and that it's going to be healthy and healthy for both of you
1: i we keep coming back to this truth and i find myself saying this more and more to people to stop trying to fix the relationship quote unquote And go back to honestly look at what you need and how you're expressing that need. I don't know that the relationship will be fixed. It's up to you and the other person. But it starts not with you trying to fix the relationship. It starts with you figuring out what you need and saying it clearly. Yeah, it's a vulnerable position. Because you want to feel you can control the whole relationship, and you can't. And again, those of us who've been married and divorced and remarried kind of understand, or should, that you can't control the whole relationship.
0: Yeah, and maybe also distinguishing between a want and a need, because um, you might want something, but you can't have everything. Mm -hmm. And so... Mm -hmm. There is, there is grief in that, oh, I don't have everything. I won't have everything, but I still love them, and I'm going to appreciate what I get. And what is the balance between I'm not getting enough and, okay, I guess I am getting enough, and yet I'm still sad that I'm not going to get these couple things. I mean, <sighs> relationships are very complicated.
1: And evolve over time. I mean, when you think about your thinking about your needs when you were twenty one versus thirty five versus forty five you know years old, it yeah. changes, and it doesn't mean changes for the worse in some ways. I find there's a wisdom that starts kicking in that just like when you're when you're little and young and you get presents. Or you get gifts or something and you really want them and you want a lot of stuff and you want to unwrap them and stuff like that when you get older you start seeing the real gifts mm-hmm. as not a bunch of stuff to unwrap you know
0: yeah that's so true so yeah when maybe, i was in my yeah. 20s i wanted somebody who was really funny and when i was in my 40s <laughs> i just wanted someone who was kind <laughs> <laughs> that's evolving
1: it's true, you know, and maybe, maybe we do... I, I don't think we can do enough podcasts about the topic of sex because sex is something that changes as well. And, and the wants versus desires versus what's authentic wants and desires versus societal influences, it, it just continues in your lifespan. And if you can get to a point of wisdom... And satisfaction about that it's it's a beautiful thing so maybe it all moves in the direction of greater wisdom if you're lucky yeah
0: if you're lucky and you're you're trying and you're working on
1: it uh, you know that phrase working on it you know do the work we hear that a lot in couples therapy and sometimes we say that you have to be willing to do the work can you articulate what that means I know we're getting near done here and I want to invite people to our boot camps or essential relational skills boot camps. We're doing one in person in California in March, and that's mm-hmm. on our website. I'm really excited about that. That's, uh, I forget the exact date, but you can go to loveworkrelationships.com and look it up. Um, what do you mean by do the work? What do we mean when we say that?
0: Well, I love a quote by Richard Rohr that says, um, well, this is an exact quote, but he, he talks about how, Doing the work is getting to know yourself and all the all of yourself, the good and the bad, and taking accountability for it. And I think doing the work is being able to look deep inside at your weaknesses and your flaws as well as your strengths and what are you bringing to the relationship? And what are the immature uh, adaptations that you learned and that you continue to bring? that cause problems do you you know are you do you get angry do you stomp around like a child do you are you snotty and one-up and judgmental are you walled off and you like won't even participate you're just you just kind of ice people out or you do you come on too strong and are you too hard on them and I mean there's so many variations but instead of just looking at your partner and all the ways that they're such a pain can you look at yourself and apologize and change and learn how to take the pause to breathe and to make a different choice and to say, you know what, I don't want to act like that anymore. I'm not, I, I need to take a time out. I'm going to go breathe. I'm going to go get centered, and I'm going to say something different than I would have in the past. I'm not going to do what I would have done. I'm going to I'm gonna give generously to my partner. What, is it, what does it cost me to say, Hey, I'm sorry. I'm hurt. I hurt you. i didn't I didn't want you to feel that way. That you're right. That was the wrong thing to say, and I did give you a dirty look, and I'm sorry. What does it cost me instead of like, why do I have always have to apologize? Why can't you ever apologize but and just keep the fight going for another day or two? Like it's it's deciding to be a mature adult, and it's hard. It is hard, but it is in your best interest, and you'll feel less tired. I promise you you'll feel more fulfilled and you'll feel more grown up in a good way so that's how I would say what the work is
1: excellent only thing I could add to that is that it is different than venting doing the work whether it's in couples therapy or in our boot camp it's not just venting it's not just venting about your partner. with Even with honesty, it's not just venting about it. It's learning how to reach for the other person. That venting has its limits. And I think there was one time in my life when I was down by the pool in um, Maryland, my first wife, when my dog, Roxy, ran up with and dropped at my feet half a woodchuck there's a dead woodchuck you know animal that was half eaten and she Mm. dropped it at my feet like here look and sometimes that's what people do in couples therapy they just come and they bring the disastrous worst of their relationship and go blah, and they spit it out okay that's honestly there I get it I get how really bad it's been now comes the next part. Do you want to work to make it better? Do you want to reach for your partner? And do you want to do all the work that you just described, Christy, in looking at yourself and how you can end up not being such a great prize sometimes too? Be you mm-hmm. willing to modify your own stuff and reach for your partner? And that's something that no therapist can make you want to do that's intrinsic if you love the person you chose and you want to reach for them despite all this junk that happened, you can do it. We can help you do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Good. Well, good talk.
0: Yeah. Same. Are we gonna do a fight or no?
1: Yeah, you got something to fight about. Um, you could choose yeah, something to fight. Okay. Well, all right. We went- I'm ready. I put my seatbelt on. I okay. get pretty fierce. We're demonstrating like a dumb way to do it and then a a healthier way to argue, right?
0: Yeah. Um, Okay. Where did you go? I I asked you if you wanted to go on a walk with me and all of a sudden you're like walking 10 feet ahead of me the whole time. Like what is even the point of going on a walk?
1: I just like to get my blood pressure. I just like to get my beats per minute up, you know, like I'm trying to like do a fitnessy thing and I guess you were a little slower.
0: Well, then you could have just gone by yourself. I thought the whole point was so we could talk and be together.
1: Okay, like, the whole point of exercising is exercising, and why do I have to, like, not exercise because you don't want to exercise?
0: No. I thought we were going on a walk together. Like, I... We were
1: walking. What do you think? We weren't bicycle riding. (laughs) What? You're so... Okay. You me feel guilty. What, no, what did I, I do wrong?
0: Fine, I thought, oh, okay, I wanted to talk. I thought it was going to be a talking. time for us to connect together. But you were like so far ahead of me, we didn't even talk the whole time. I mean, I might as well have been alone.
1: Did you? Well, we could talk. Oh, Chrissy. We could talk into a car on the way home or something. You know, like, like um. I didn't think of it as. Why do you always have to? Is this the therapy thing? Like you always have to talk. You can't just say a uh, bird. Like, what does that bird mean? Is oh, that s- that what it is?
0: I just wanted. Wow, I just wanted. Okay, fine. I oh, if you don't oh, want to talk oh, to me. Oh, now I'm then... going to
1: get the silent treatment. Now, okay, so now I'm going to do the silent treatment. <laughs> 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 this is too terrible. <laughs> How come we can do this so easily? This is terrible. Alright. Okay. Let's try and do it better.
0: Okay. So I I guess I start harsh again, but you make it better, yeah. right?
1: All right. I will. I'll try I mean
0: I know I'm starting harsh, but that's the point. It's okay,
1: because right? that's real.
0: Yeah. Um That was a nice walk. You just left me the whole time and we didn't even get to spend any time together. I'm sure Wait, glad you you're got being, your, your are steps you being in sarcastic? though. Yeah, I'm being, being sarcastic. Sarc- like, I thought we were going on a walk together, and you were ahead of me the whole time. We didn't even get to talk.
1: Was I? Was I really ahead of you the whole time?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were like 20 steps ahead of me. Okay. With the dog.
1: Okay, I didn't... I didn't mm-hmm. really realize that. It didn't seem that way to me. I wasn't doing that on purpose. Um... Yikes. Okay, I just—I I think I was thinking. I, I don't know. I don't want to defend. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't see it that way. I guess I wasn't paying attention. Uh, well, I,
0: what were you thinking about? You didn't notice I was. Thinking, I was thinking about quarterly
1: taxes, actually, and um, estimated withholding in New York State, and um, and um. Being a year older and wanting to get my blood pressure uh, moving more beats per minute and wanting to challenge my walk a little bit, I think that's where I went. Uh, I, you know, now that I say it, I can hear that it was very much about my own thoughts and where I was at. So I'm sorry, you're right. You know, it was supposed to be a walk together, and I think I transformed it into a solo walk there with the dog. Sorry about that. Trying to thank you for
0: saying that. Yeah. Yeah. I felt kind of lonely, but now I -hmm. yeah I understand. I I get Mm -hmm. that you didn't do it on purpose.
1: Yep. All right. So uh, rain check. Could I do better next time?
0: Yeah, you can.
1: Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for speaking up and not, you know, harboring it. You're welcome. Yeah. I think that's a better way.
0: Yeah, it's a lot better. There was a moment, though, like
1: (laughs) doing that with you, I realized there was a moment of choice Mm -hmm. where I could dig in and defend, which feels natural.
0: Yes, I know. I always feel that, too, when I'm on the other side of our fight. I feel like, oh, my gosh, I really want to go one way, but I know I shouldn't, and I need to breathe for a second
1: what helps me make that pivot is i'm trying to keep my eye on the prize that the prize is this gets better not uh, that i've explained my natural pissed offness better but that this it. gets better between us yeah 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 i think that's how to do it it takes work i mean this takes constant work
0: it does it does and the prize also even if It's like, I don't want to fight all day. I don't want to have, like, tension all day. So it's better to get through this moment now so that I can have peace later.
1: (laughs) I'm thinking, for our listeners out there, you're not always right. Uh, It's a hard one. But, you know, your, your way is not always the best relational way. It may have made sense to you in the moment, but... As Christy said, it doesn't cost you anything to say, I'm sorry. I want to do better. So that's what we're all working on here.
0: But your ego's going to lie to you and keep telling you that it will cost you something. That, that's what I think
1: happens.
0: <laughs> so don't believe your ego.
1: Yeah. Towards smaller egos in the year 2023, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a good good one.
1: <laughs> well, I'll see you next time, Christy. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Take thank care, thank Jerry. Thank you. See you too. Okay.
0: Bye. Bye.